0: Take Command Podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. That's Logan Paulson. All right, Logan, let's wrap the pod talking about the commander's defense. Uh, luckily, they've survived the injury bug that has bitten the offense. They are fairly whole at this point of the season uh, and have largely played a lot better. They face a really unique offense, though, this week. There's, And I say unique. I truly do mean, like, one of one. I don't know that there's another offense in the NFL that is this running back centric. There are certainly other teams that rush it a lot. Philly, they've already played. Um, Baltimore is, is a very run-heavy team. But no, th- those well, two different teams... Different type
1: of run attack. Different type yeah, of rushing. Yeah, different type of yeah. run attack.
0: The quarterback, you know, Tannehill can run, obviously former college wide receiver, um, but like he doesn't run it like Hurts or Lamar does. Sure. So it is a Derrick Henry-focused offense. So how does that play out if you're this commander's defense? And then who else ultimately as we, we expand out? Uh, do the commanders need to worry about?
1: Yeah. So I think obviously Derek Henry is a big piece and then probably for the first two games of the season, it looked like he wasn't going to be back to his, to the beast mode to King Henry type form, but he has really come alive the last two weeks. And he's had, you know, if you look at the stat line, kind of maybe tepid production, but then when you go watch the games, like he's ha- he had a, uh, a 30 yard touchdown run called back against Indianapolis and he broke like six tackles you know just looking like an absolute man amongst boys so uh, to me he's getting back to that form and I do think that the offensive line they've assembled kind of fits who they want to be obviously Dallas is more of kind of a big bulking hulking you know let's mash him up and spit them out kind of group this uh this group for um Tennessee is a little bit faster especially on the interior side right their tackles um you know obviously uh, Taylor Lewan is out with an ACL mm-hmm. or some type of injury and yep. uh, their backup is in, um, you know, Dennis Daly, who is a kind of big, hulking sort of fellow, but really does a nice job in the outside zone. Nicholas Petit-Frayer, a solid
0: is, six six three twenty five,
1: right, and uh, kind of a mat, like a nasty personality, right, in the run game, and like they, they've all, they've assembled a bunch of guys like that. Nicholas Petit-Frayer, you know, is a guy that I liked actually for Washington as a as a draft pick, um, very quick footed struggles as a pass protector. So does uh, Dennis Daly, also struggles as a pass protector. But they're so athletic that they tend to excel in this outside zone game that they run. And then as you move in, it's the same thing. Uh, They got kind of undersized guards, but they're very fast and they're very good at cutting people out of their gaps. So this is going to be a much different running scheme than they've seen in um, Detroit than they saw with Dallas. It's going to be one that stresses you sideline to sideline. And they're very, very good at it because one of the things about outside zone that's so unique is that you're kind of using the defense's rules against you, right? So like if I, if I'm playing tight end and I'm reaching a nine technique or player outside of me, I'm throwing my hat to the outside to get that player to think I'm trying to cut him out of, I'm trying to reach him, like cut him out of his contained responsibilities, right? And that makes him run to the sideline. So I've actually just moved him just by putting my hat in the right position. And that is essentially what they're doing here. They're using the defense's rules against them. And they're very, very effective at it. And they understand how to be good at it.
0: Yeah. Right? And just to, just to clarify, um, outside, I mean, we throw some of these run terms. Yeah, 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 I think a lot of people know kind of vaguely what some of these are, but I think, you know, for a, a game like this, like let's, let's more, uh, cleanly define outside zone. So okay, yeah. offensive offensive line is all running. Let's say it's outside zone to the, to the left. Um, everyone's running to the left and you pick up kind of who you hit along the way. Obviously, it's not like man-to-man straight in front of you. So if, if you encounter someone in your zone as a blocker, hence the zone blocking scheme, you're going to pick them up. Obviously, you can talk with way more nuance. We could probably honestly do an hour and a half yeah, on outside zone if, if, if I let you go on that. So we're just right. going to stick, unless I'm wrong, we're going to stick with my very loose outside zone definition. Um, but yeah, so, th- then so as, a running, as a running back, though, you're looking to push, push, push to the front side of the play and then eventually find which kind of gap opens in correct, the, in the yeah. run scheme or in between those linemen and, and make that one cut up the field.
1: Yeah, because basically you're betting on the fact that like of the eight-man front that's defending the run, one guy is going to be a step slow is what you're essentially counting on. And Tennessee, that is magnified by the fact that they have a guy – who, if you are a step slow, is going to break your arm off on an arm tackle because he's so dang big, right? <laughs> like I saw a play against Oakland, or in Oakland, Las Vegas, excuse me, where the, the backside three technique reads it perfectly, gets across, and the center basically like does an okie doke like kind of the old hockey, like grabs the uh, nose guard's pads and pulls him down, he falls down. But the three technique is going to make the play. And he dives at Derrick Henry and looks like a dang speed bump. Boom. Right over him <laughs> and into the secondary, just like a like a like a shot out of a gun, right. So I do think it's going to stress them in a way that they haven't seen yet. It's going to make them play very disciplined. Like one of the things that Allen did last week that was very successful was backdooring blocks, and he was able to backdoor. Payne was able to get great penetration on these like these tight gap scheme runs, and Allen's able to get back into the play and make the make the tackle. This week, if he does that on an outside zone team, he will he will be out of his gap and it'll be a huge play right? So understanding the type of opponent you're facing against, right? The, the problems that they bring. And I think that's to me, and the tight ends, they have two excellent tight ends, Swain and Hooper, who are excellent at blocking this type of stuff. So they, they're going to stress every facet of the defense. So to me, the matchup that becomes most important are the edge players against the tackles. Because what you're counting, tackles and tight ends, because what you're counting on is that those tackles can stretch or push that player to the sideline long enough that the back can press the defense laterally for a little bit before making his cut, because if 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 he can't press it and the defense doesn't have to move, then they don't lose their shape. The longer they have to stay with the back as he moves laterally, the longer the the more opportunity the shape is to d- disintegrate on defense, and that's essentially what you're trying to get to with this, right? So, can the edge players set hard edges against this outside zone stuff, and can everyone play gaps on football? Is really what it comes down to.
0: Yeah, Montez Sweat uh, is good at that. He's excellent at that. Uh, and, and so, obviously, James is good at it to the too. other side, right? James, James, James is really good, and you know, Casey, I think has had uh, probably more, more splash uh, plays this year than James has. But like, this is a James Smith Williams game on the other right. side, opposite of, of Montez. Montez is excellent at this, in part because he's so freaking fast that like you're like he can. You know, you talked about as a tight end, um, and Coolie used to talk about this all the time, where he thought it was hilarious to just run guys out of bounds because sure. he'd be like, "Ah, oh, you idiot." Like right. I just get, all I have to do is run out of bounds and you're going to chase me. And now we're standing out of bounds, playing paddock cake. And my yeah, running right. back has an extra gap and right. you're, you, you big, dumb, you big, dumb end. You didn't know any better, um, <laughs> right. but like, it has James changed has, a lot since then. Like, yeah. The it has certainly change. evolved right. Right. Um, versus like when you guys were running it, when, when Kyle was here, uh, you know, those are the good season. old
1: days, man. Cause you could yeah. just literally like run to the sideline. And the guy's like, I got to keep outside contained now. Right. That's much more nuanced and they understand. Guys, outside zone. Better. Guys, guys know
0: but like with Montez, he can be, beat you as a tight end and yeah. be like, ha, I have contain. And now contain yeah. stops here. And yes. like, if this running back wants to try to go around me, I'm just going to chase him. I'll chase him out of bounds. And that works because if we're playing cake out of bounds, the play's over because he's got the ball. Right. Like his ability to set a hard edge and kind of stop that flow and condense it down while keeping contain can really mess up a lot of outside zone plays. And we've seen him do it over the course of years. The question then becomes on the discipline side, the back seven. So yeah. how does this back seven then support that? Because Allen and Payne and sweat and Smith Williams and two like these guys have played the run, especially the last two weeks, exceptionally well. And it's been supported by guys in the back end. I mean, William Jackson, the third for all the bad stuff that's happened to him in the past yeah. game, had a huge tackle for loss on, on, on an outside play uh, last week. I don't know if it was outside zone, but he, he shot the gap. Yeah. I can't remember. If it was a handoff screen. It was something. And he yeah. got there. Um, so, you know, he's not afraid to come up and make plays. Fuller's not afraid to come up and make plays. How do the safeties play it? And then, of course, huge, huge week for Jamin Davis and Cole Holcomb. And I think this is a huge test to kind of see how much they've progressed mentally, sure. how much discipline they can show, because it's been so much better. But this is probably the most challenged that they'll have been in the run game in a a couple of weeks from that mental discipline standpoint.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think really, if I was going to say who has the biggest responsibility based on how Tennessee does their stuff, it's the interior players here. So it's, you know, it's Payne, it's Allen Ridgeway, obviously got a lot of burn Mm -hmm. last week. Like how's he do FAO bottle when he gets in there those guys have to play so disciplined because when you see their big runs, like I've watched every big run, but I've probably watched 10 or 15 of like the plus 10 plus 15 yard runs from Tennessee. It's the interior guys who are not doing what they're supposed to doing. And again, they have like an undersized offensive line inside. But part of that is because they're so quick off the ball. They, they invite guys almost to backdoor blocks and Derek Henry for how big he is, is able to kind of, he's able to beat you with speed to that spot. So that to me is like kind of the crux of it, right? Because then it makes the next thing easier. It makes the stuff for Jamin, for Cole, for cam, for forest easier because they know exactly where they have to fit in the front. And I think actually when I look at Jamin, when I look at Cole, they're better at taking on outside zone blocks than straight gap scheme blocks. Right. Mm. But you got to be in the right spot. So if someone's, you know, we talked about this against Detroit, like if you get gapped out, like John gets gapped out of that, uh, like outside zone to the right, which is a very similar run to what they're going to see this week. Then you put Cole in a bad spot. Then you put Forrest in a bad spot. You put Percy Butler in a bad spot, all because that one piece is out of, out of, out of alignment. So I think that's, that's huge. And obviously we mentioned the safeties. Let's talk about them real quick. So in outside zone, they basically push crack on the safeties. So the receivers outside, We'll come in and basically try to ear hole them and then force the corner to tackle a 255 pound man in derrick henry so again you mentioned the corners you mentioned the safeties like this is going to be it's a team effort versus outside zone like that's one thing you talk to mike shanahan you talk to kyle good outside zone is an 11 man proposition right and you're just trying to find the one dude who's not doing what they're supposed to do and that's why it's so tough and then they do other stuff they do gap scheme stuff they do power they do trap but the stuff that's been really hitting for them recently is the outside zone stuff
0: um personnel wise how would you try to match up against them are you playing more Cinco package to give yourself a little bit more inside are you you know trying to get a little extra speed on the field I mean this is where I mean do you do they even have a 4-3 base like could they get out there with Mayo and at middle linebacker and then or at at the will and or strong or at Sam and like and Cole and and Jamin out there like is that is that even an option for them
1: well, I think when I look back at last week, for example, they, they were pretty good in their kind of four-down structure with with Cam in the box. And he Cam did yeah. a nice job. And they were able to kind of figure out where to put Cam and how to hide it and make it not overly obvious like where that whole thing was happening. So I think, I think that's what I would go with because guys seem to know how to fit runs. And so what you don't want to do is put somebody new in, let's say Mayo, at a new spot and then they get a new formation that they haven't talked about. And it's like, how do I fit this, right? Where do I fit? And then he's out of a gap. And then there's nobody and it's a touchdown because that's what Derek right. Henry will do to you, right? right? So that's what I would say. Get guys who are comfortable doing what they're comfortable doing. Like, I think that's one of the pitfalls of going like four down base to Cinco package, right? Is because you get guys in Cinco and they not, they're not used to fitting runs. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. So, so stay with what you're good at. And then I think the other thing is I would try to stay away from Cinco because they are murderous with the play pass. They are so. That was good what I was going to get to next. Play pass.
0: The best uh, play action run fake is outside zone or stretch zone, right? Because yeah. it is. And I don't know. Did you? You're not on Twitter, so I doubt you saw this yesterday. Um, but there was like this eight or nine minute discussion on NFL Live between Orlovsky, mm-hmm. uh, Marcus Spears, Ryan Clark talking about the difference between being in gun versus being under center. And it was really fascinating hearing the defensive guys. I'll I'll send it to you. Um, But it was really interesting hearing those guys talk about it because how the defensive guys talked about it, saying, I can't see anything when you're under center. Like, I can't see whether you are faking it or whether you actually handed it off. So even if it's a play pass, like, I am taking so much time to, like, I have to dance with this block before going to get the quarterback in case it's run. When it's in shotgun, I can see everything in front of me. It's happening far enough away that I can right. poke my hat through, see. And then if I can see it's a run fake, I, I just go go to the passer. I, and even if it's a run, like I will tackle the running back on the way to the passer. Their right. whole mentality changes. And so because these outside or stretch zone plays are so long developing, it buys you a ton of time to get run action or to get deeper stuff down the field and if a safety bites or a corner bites or whatever, and now all of a sudden coverage is busted easy throws, you got time, you got space and, and the receivers have had time to get down the field. So it is no surprise to me that a team that is run based that runs a lot of outside zone has a killer play action. And, and,
1: yeah, and like you pretty much hit everything. So I watched the Las Vegas game, right? And so they match in basically like a six-one. Like they've got a whole. It's like a, it looks like a goal line personnel, right? Wow. And so they've got outside linebackers playing the edges, right? And one of them's uh, Divine Diablo, who's like a like a will linebacker, and the other one's like a defensive end. So basically five defensive linemen, and so you watch them run action, boom, fast. Derrick Henry coming downhill under center. Everyone's taking on their blocks. Even the guy in the tight end is taking like head into the block, right? And then they pop their head out, and then you can tell they don't know because it's like this. It's like, look to the right, look to the left. Oh, shoot, it's a pass. i got to drop in a coverage. And so you get this guy who's supposed to drop in a coverage who is messing with the tight end at the line of scrimmage, and there is a cavernous void on this big blaze out to to the right of the formation. And Woods doesn't even run that great of a route, but the corner is expecting there to be a flat player under that route. And the flat player is still messing with the tight end at the line of scrimmage. And so we mentioned buying hitches. You know, Tannehill gets back one hitch, two hitch, balls out. And Tannehill's done an excellent job with the play pass, with the RPO, with all the stuff they do. Like, he doesn't get enough credit. Like, he should be a a
0: very solid player.
1: Yes. He should be a more highly valued player, I think, as as far as the quarterback position goes. But the scheme insulates him, right? So I look at that and I say, holy cow, like, this is going to be tough sledding because you look at the one one of the coverage busts that Jamin had the other day against Dallas, it's a, on a play pass like because Jamin's doing what he thinks he's supposed to do, right. and, and that play-action pass stuff is going to be better this week. It's going to be more efficient. Now, to the front side of the run, they tend to pass set a little bit more, so there is a tell, but they're really good at saying, we don't care about the front-side concept, we care about the back-side concept because we know we're going to get excellent pull on the back-side of this play-action pass concept, right? So, they are they do a really good job of understanding what the defense is seeing, how to manipulate them. So they are like we mentioned manufacturing big plays. Not only do they man- manufacture big plays in the run game, or they have been manufacturing big plays in the run game, but they've also done an excellent job with the play passes, right? And you mentioned they don't have great skill guys, right? Robert Woods is kind of their guy right now. Traylon Burks is right. more of a gadgety type of player, even when he's healthy, he's developing. Um, you know, the tight ends they don't get a lot of stuff in terms of play pass. And they've got a guy, Hollister, who was kicked around the league for a little bit. He's a good player for what they do because he likes to block. But again, like they are able to maximize their talent through this scheme, through Derrick Henry, through Tannehill, insulate the offensive line, insulate the kind of lackluster skill position players and really maximize what they do. So I do I think the defensive, defense matches up well with them? Yeah, absolutely. I think the corners match up really well. I think the safeties match up well. I don't think there's a player on that offense outside of Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill that you need to be scared of or worried about. But the, what Henry does from a run fake perspective insulates the O-line and takes some of, takes the edge off of some of those coverage players, right? Because we just mentioned how how like when a receiver push cracks like the corner has to fit it right so you get easy opportunities to bust coverage and break rules off of this concept stuff so again this is this is from the kyle shanahan tree right arthur smith you know he he studied under uh matt lafleur for a little bit right they all the same stuff and you can see it man and it is sharp it's sharp but if you can get them out of out of off like off rhythm so make them in a second and ten way less effective. But like I mentioned, Tannehill's done a great job in terms of executing at a high level. So,
0: Yeah, Uh, we'll have more on all of this Sunday on Countdown to Kickoff starting at 10 a.m. So make sure you tune in on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 for more of Logan's breakdown. Check out Command Center uh, on YouTube on the Commander's page. And of course, he posts some good stuff at Logan underscore Paulson 82. I'll see you all on the radio uh, for The Hoffman Show at 3 o'clock. And until next week, this has been